0: Welcome in to another edition of the WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at WissSports.net and your host for the WSN podcast. Almost one half of the way through the 2023 high school football season at halftime of this week's games, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, it will be halfway through four and a half games through a nine-game regular season. If you go back to the start of practices on August 1st, we are past halfway in terms of guaranteed games. Many teams, obviously, will make the playoffs, 224 in 11 player. Uh, but we're past the halfway mark in that respect. So this week on the WSN podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about you know some of the goings on from week four, some of the action in week five, some of the other things going on in high school football. We'll touch a little bit on the... Uh, the WIAA's discussions around high school basketball going from halves to quarters. So that's on the agenda today. For next week when we do pass the official halfway mark, we will do kind of a halfway report looking at, you know, who has exceeded expectations, who are some of the surprise teams halfway through the year, who are some teams that are, you know, not where we thought they would be in a negative way. Uh, depending on how the vote goes on Friday at the Board of Control meeting, if they vote to advance or support either of the uh, halves to quarters proposals, we will have further discussion on that. We'll bring in our team uh, from uh, from WSN, Mark Miller, Norbert Durst, Colton Wilson, to break that down. But we'll wait to see if that actually does get implemented. Um, so that will be next week on the WSN podcast. But right now, let's help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. We're almost to that point to be using the P word, playoffs. And a big thank you to the Wisconsin Department of Transportation for not only sponsoring the WSN podcast, but also our football playoff coverage on wissports.net. Learn the secrets that Olympians and professional athletes swear by with B3 Bands. Join Dr. Mike, President of B3 Sciences, for an exclusive demo and presentation on Sunday, September 24th at DBAT in Appleton. Discover how these elite performers achieve faster recovery, more efficient strength building, and enhanced athletic performance, all thanks to B3 Bands. Limited space available, so act fast. Contact Dr. Canato, B3, BFR Certified Coach at drken.b3sciences.com to secure your spot today. Well, again, uh, we're going to look back at some week four action on the gridiron. It was an interesting week for sure. Um, some eye-opening results in, in a number of different ways. I, I think one of the things that really stood out to me right off the bat was in the Southwest Conference, Division Five ranked broadhead Judah started 3-0, Rolling along, run into a Platteville team that's off to a pretty impressive start. And Platteville won that one 14 to 6. The Broadhead Judah offense sputtered after putting up some pretty big numbers coming into that one. So the second ranked team in Division 5 went down. A top five matchup in the middle border ended up being a route. Uh, one that was uh, definitely anticipated, but fifth ranked Baldwin Woodville dominated. Third ranked Ellsworth 49 to nothing. Ellsworth just 74 yards of offense in that one. Sun Prairie East had won, or excuse me, had lost back-to-back games, albeit to McGuanago and Wanakee. And they had another tough one last week as they took on Beaver Dam. And Beaver Dam was off to a hot start, um, undefeated, ranked sixth in Division uh, Division Two. Gabe Klatt, coming off an injury, was rolling along. But Sun Prairie East got back on track. They won 34-19, to and unfortunately, Gabe Clatt, the outstanding senior running back from Beaver Dam, has uh, suffered another knee injury. He missed all of last year with a, uh, with a knee injury, uh, missed the rest of the game on Friday night. His status remains in, uh, in doubt and uh, uncertain for the remainder of the season, uh, which is unfortunate because he had really been off to a great start for the Golden Beavers. A big one in the FVA where Kaukona really secured itself as a contender in the FVA. They knocked off Nina in a battle of previously unbeaten teams. Nina was playing without their quarterback, uh, their, their normal starting quarterback once again. They expect him back at some point in the next couple weeks, but um, Grant Dean, their outstanding running back and defensive back, was back last week, but Kaukona got the job done as they took down Nina in, uh, again, a battle of previously unbeaten teams in the FBA. Reedsville has looked very impressive. That's a team that was in the state championship game a couple years ago, and uh, they are looking very good. They beat Cedar Grove Belgium in the Big East Conference last week. And then it was a pretty big week for rivalry games around the state of Wisconsin. In fact, four of the top 15 most played rivalries and five of the top 25 most played rivalries in state history. Were contested last week. We'll start with Sparta and Toma, the 117th meeting between those teams. Sparta upset Toma 21 to 20, held off a last-second, potential game-winning two-point conversion attempt by Toma, so Sparta got the win 21 to 20. Although Toma does still hold the all-time advantage pretty significantly, 68, 43, and six. Menominee making a nice bounce-back season. They're unbeaten after a 28-20 victory over Chippewa Falls. That's a rivalry that dates back to 1895. Stevens Point and Wisconsin Rapids play for the old River Jug. Stevens Point was a big winner, and that one, 41-9. Hudson took down River Falls 48-26 in the 106th meeting between those two teams. So four games last week on the schedule, rivalry games with at least 100 meetings between the teams. Also, not to, be, uh, not to be overlooked, South Milwaukee beat Cudahy pretty substantially, 44-8. Cudahy still leads that series 47-42-5, and five, so not quite to 100 games played in that one. And then some other news came out of Cudahy this week as head coach Eric Langman and several assistants stepped down, citing uh, conflict in terms of how they felt the direction of the program should go compared to the school and the administration. So a change there. Also another coaching change, midseason coaching change this week, as Steve Olson is out at Ithaca. Uh, so a couple midseason coaching changes. We don't see a lot of them, but every once in a while we'll we'll get a couple. It was a pretty big week for rivalry games, uh, in general. Not only those, you know, games that have been played. Many, many times, but also some pretty significant rivalry games, especially in the Big 8 Conference. And the big one, Middleton and Verona, the two teams that battled it out for uh, supremacy in the league last year, expected to be the top two teams this season. Middleton came in unbeaten. Verona had one close loss to Muskego early in the year, and it was Verona that got the win 28-21 in the battle for Highway M. Staying in the Big 8, Janesville Parker took down Janesville Craig 28-17 in the Wisconsin uh, Quick Trip and Wisconsin Dairy game of the week. So again, a nice rivalry week in, uh, in Week 4, the second week of conference play. Speaking of conference play, there are a number of conferences uh, this year. There's three instances where teams, uh, conferences have six teams and they're playing double crossovers against another league. Uh, and those games count in the conference standings for playoff qualification. Uh, those games contested in weeks three and four. And we got some some interesting results out of those. Um, perhaps most notably, the Merriwood teams were a perfect 12-0 and in crossovers against the CWC Small. That does include a couple forfeits against Wild Rose, but the Merriwood really dominated those two teams, or those, uh, those matchups, excuse, excuse me. We saw that happen last year as well where the Merriwood dominated the CWC Small. All six Merriwood teams, uh, I, I believe last year, got into the playoffs. Um, and technically all of them could get into the playoffs this year, depending on how things play out. The CWC Small, with every team in the league starting 0-2 in conference play, really puts them in a bind where it could be you know, only a couple of those teams that make it into the playoffs. Uh, another interesting one was the North Shore, or excuse me, the Northeastern Conference and the Bay play double crossovers. Last year, it was domination by the Northeastern Conference. Um, and just, on the other hand, in uh, all six teams out of the Northeastern made the playoffs. On the other hand, just one Bay Conference team finished above 500 in conference. Now there was a couple others that made uh, made the playoffs, but it was pretty dominating by. Uh, the northeastern conference. However, this year things are a little different. The northeastern still has a slight edge in that series in the, those those two crossover games, seven to five overall. And Xavier was a big reason for that. Xavier has been extremely impressive the last couple weeks. They beat undefeated Freedom a couple weeks ago. They beat Wrightstown last week, who had been undefeated as well. So the uh, the the Bay Conference. Performing better in those crossovers. The other one, the Six Rivers and the Swall, they split theirs right down the middle, going six and six in those week three and week four crossovers. Again, we'll talk about it a little more next week, but it is, it is kind of uh oh time, as I termed it in our week four rapid reaction, for some teams that had pretty high expectations coming into the season. Fond du Lac is 0 and four, Burlington is 0 and four. In the Greater Metro Conference, a couple of playoff teams from last year. Brookfield East and Germantown are 0-4. St. Croix Falls, they've won a playoff game each of the last three seasons. They are 0-4. Mayville was the runner-up in Division 5 the last two seasons, but graduated a lot from those groups over the last couple years. And they're off to a little bit of a rough start. 1-3 overall, 0-2 in the Flyway Conference. Holman is 0-4 again this year. They were 0-4 last season before winning five straight to end up coming all the way back to make the playoffs. But they've got to get it going. Wisconsin Rapids, a co-champ in the VFA last year, but they are 0-4 after that loss to Stevens Point that we mentioned earlier. And even a team like uh, River Falls, they were 2-0 in the non-conference, ranked in the top, I think they got inside the top five in Division II. Um, But back-to-back losses, they're now 0-2 in league play, uh, and it's going to be tough for the Wildcats to get back into that Big Rivers Conference title race. So, uh, again, some teams that are not in a good spot. It's still early. I mean, we're only two games into the conference schedule. Most of those teams that are 0-2 right now are probably not in the conference title race. They would need a lot of help to get there, but there's still a lot to play for. There's still, you know, a, a, a big opportunity for them to make the playoffs if they win four of their last five they're in for sure if they win three of their last five there's a pretty good chance they get in um, so they're not out of it yet but still some work to do and a, a couple other games I want to mention from last week uh, first of all uh, in the Mississippi Valley Conference on Alaska and Lacrosse Central that was a big one on Alaska it kind of sc- uh, scuffled a little bit. Uh, in the non conference, but they've got things turned around and they uh, came back to beat Lacrosse Central on Friday. Nine seconds left. Adam Skifton hit Isaac Skemp for a touchdown from nine yards out. Uh, and then on the uh, ensuing conversion attempt, Onalaska head coach Tom Yashinsky chose to go for the two point and the win. Skeftin, Skifton to Skemp again as Onalaska scored a 29 28 victory in that one. And Appleton East has been a nice story this year. They're they're two and two. Uh they, they put a running clock on Oshkosh North last week, but they have shown significant improvement. Not only are they two and two and one and one in conference play, but their losses were to Menasha by two points and Nina uh earlier this year in a very competitive game. So some good steps forward by Appleton East and head coach Mark Kromenacher. Uh they have uh they have shown some improvement. It's it's still gonna be challenge I think for Appleton East to even get into the playoffs in the FBA you know they've they've got some tough games left still got Kimberly on the schedule I believe they still have Kaukwana on the schedule um maybe uh, I, I can't remember who they lost to maybe maybe they lost to Appleton North in uh, in the conference opener but there's a there's a path to making the playoffs um or no, sorry, they, they, lost, yeah, they lost to Nina, sorry. So they have Kimberly, Appleton North, Kalkona, uh, what should be a very hungry Fond du Lac team on the schedule as well. But if they can get a couple more wins, they, they've got a chance to get into the playoffs. And, and making the playoffs out of the, the Fox Valley Association is no small task. Uh, Appleton East has not been there since 2019. They've only been there, that's the only time in, uh, in essentially the, the last decade uh, that they have been there. The previous one was 2014, but it's it's been a little bit of a dry spell for East. And again, they, they have some things going in the right direction, do the Patriots. Uh, looking ahead to this week. Before we do that, uh, before we look ahead, though, uh, let's take one more chance to remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the action coming up this week. We're not going to uh, go as much into detail as we as we do some other times because there's a few other things that I do want to, uh, to touch on. I want to talk a little bit about 8-Player. There's uh, some good things happening there. Uh, and then, again, I do want to talk about the, uh, the WI's proposals uh, that, that could start moving basketball from halves back to quarters. So as we look over the schedule this week, uh, the five Quick Trip and wisconsin Dairy Games of the Week coming down to a, a close vote, but the Game of the Week this week will be a huge one in the Classic Eight one that has been a marquee game for the last couple years. These teams have met not only in the regular season, but frequently in the playoffs, and that is McGuanagoe at Muskegoe. Doesn't get much bigger than that. In a little bit of a surprise, perhaps, McGuanagoe had moved to the number one spot in the uh, Division I coaches poll in the uh, latest Wissports.net coaches poll that came out on Tuesday. So edged out Kimberly. It was a very close vote, but McGuanagoe number one. Muskego is number three, so you've got one versus three. Huge matchup in the Classic Eight. Really looking forward to checking that one out on Friday night. Again, McGuanago at Muskego. A couple big games in the uh, the Greater Metro this week, and one of them was the runner-up for the Quick Trip in wisconsin Dairy Game of the Week, which gets you an attaboy, I guess. Uh, but Brookfield Central at Sussex-Hamilton, The the... Greater Metro is an interesting conference this year and that there's a very clear, as of right now, delineation between the top teams and the bottom teams. I mentioned a couple of Greater Metro teams that are kind of struggling right now, Brookfield East and Germantown, both 0-4. The bottom four teams in the Greater Metro, those two as well as uh, the West Allis schools, are all 0-4. Meanwhile, at the top, you've got some pretty good teams that have started to separate themselves. And that includes a big matchup this week between Brookfield Central and Sussex-Hamilton. Again, that was the the runner-up, so an attaboy to to them. So Brookfield Central at Sussex-Hamilton. Both teams are undefeated overall. Brookfield Central we saw on Thursday night throwdown a couple weeks ago get a a nice win over Pewaukee. Sussex-Hamilton has looked pretty good out of the gates. Uh, Very impressive, not only in the non-conference, but also in the conference schedule. Now, they... Uh, Again, haven't really played what seems to be the top tier of teams in the Greater Metro, but should be a great one. The other one to watch in the Greater Metro was not one of our Game of the Week nominees, but I I certainly had it on the list to consider, and that is Marquette and Menominee Falls. Menominee Falls is a a much improved team this year. Marquette uh, has looked very good. Their only loss was a close one to Arrowhead. Uh, and they, of course, put that running clock on Catholic Memorial in Week 2. So that's another good one in the Greater Metro. And in fact, Marquette has not allowed a point in two conference games. Now, again, they have not played the tougher teams on their schedule yet, but two really outstanding games in the Greater Metro Conference. Other matchups that we had uh, that we wanted to, to focus on and highlight and that were nominees for the Quick Trip in Wisconsin Dairy Game of the Week Lords Academy at Partyville. Lords has, has come out and put together a couple nice victories in conference play, so they are 2 and0. Partyville is 2 and0 in conference and unbeaten overall. They have not played you know a, a super challenging schedule yet necessarily, but uh, they did beat St. Mary Catholic in a close one last week. Uh, again, they are four and overall. they beat Deerfield to open league play. Non-conference wins over Marcusan and Poinette. So that's a good one in the Trailways Conference, which seems to be pretty competitive top to bottom. Uh, You've got Johnson Creek that's looked pretty good. Again, Lords and Partyville both undefeated in league play. Randolph is undefeated in league play. A little bit of a surprise that Cambria-Friesland has lost both of the conference games to open the season. They were uh, conference champs last year and, and had some pretty good expectations coming into the season. But uh, they've struggled a little bit. In fact, their point differential in two games, two conference games, is minus 46. So a little of a tough go uh, in that one. Uh, Speaking of the trailways, uh, and mentioned Johnson Creek, I have to give a uh, a big shout-out and congratulations to their head coach, Tim Wagner, who recently joined the Elite 200 Win Club as a high school football coach, varsity coach in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, And then last week when Johnson Creek beat... Cambria Friesland in the regular season, anyways, that is the only matchup that we will have this year where two coaches with at least 200 career victories squared off. You had Tim Wagner from Johnson Creek and then Jim Bilesma from Cambria Friesland. Uh, Other games Edgar is at Colby. Edgar, uh, always a contender. They're looking pretty solid once again. Um, And again, we talked about that Merriwood conference with. Every team starting 2-0 in conference play, every team is set up pretty well. There's only two losses overall in that league, and one of them was by Edgar. Uh, So it's going to be an interesting race, to say the least. There's really, really good teams in that Merriwood conference, and this is two of them. Colby is undefeated. Of course, they were state champions a couple years ago. Edgar, again, always a contender. Looks like they'll be one of the better teams in Division 7 once again. They opened with a very, very close loss to Ellsworth, but then did dominate rival Stratford the next week 40 to 6. They've won their first two conference games over Pacelli and Rochelt by a combined 98 to nothing. So, a big one in the Merrowwood Conference. And then finally, the Flyway Conference, uh, kind of like you know, a couple of these other leagues, we're getting. We're getting some pretty good separation between the top teams and that next tier. And right now in the flyaway, there are three teams that are not only undefeated in conference play, but unbeaten overall. You've got Campbellport, St. Mary Springs, and Winnebago Lutheran. We expected them to be towards the top. We also thought Mayville might be up there coming off a couple state tournament appearances, but again, the, the, the Cardinals are 0-2 in league play, just struggling with so many, you know, outstanding players that have departed. Via graduation, the last couple years. But we do get a big one in the flyway. Two of those undefeated teams will meet up this week Campbellsport Sport and Winnebago Lutheran. That one is in Campbellsport. Sport. Um, so, you know, one of those teams is going to fall a game behind. Uh, St. Mary Springs, again, also undefeated, looking very good. So, uh, a big one in the flyway conference. As always, you can check out the full list of games at wissports.net. You can find the link to stream many most of the games on WSN as well. So make sure you check that out, make sure you make that a daily destination. The uh eight player matchups, again we we've, we've got some pretty interesting results so far this year. Newman Catholic the defending two-time defending state champions, they've struggled a little bit out of the gates. We saw Thorpe had moved into the top spot, but they got knocked off a couple of weeks ago by McDonald Central. McDonald Central has really looked like one of the better teams in the uh, eight-player division. Uh, after beating Thorpe two weeks ago, the number one team at that time, they defeated former fourth-ranked Owen Withy 27-25 last week. So McDonald Central taking a big step forward. And the interesting thing there... Uh, McDonald Central is known for throwing the football. If you look at the state history records, you know they were kind of the first ones that uh, that that threw the ball all over back in the '80s, and still have a number of uh, players that are in the history book. Um, so used to throwing the ball, and they've got a pretty good quarterback, Grant Smiskey. But last week in that win over Owen Withy, it was all about the running game. Dawson Moulton. Through, or, excuse me, ran for 303 yards and three touchdowns on 33 carries. So, an impressive performance by him and McDonald Central. We've seen some big performances from some individuals in eight player football throughout the season. Uh, we saw a pretty, I think, rare thing in uh, eight player football, not only a competitive game, but an overtime contest between Algoma and Gibraltar. And how about Brandon City? I, I think that's how you would pronounce it. Uh, kicked a 42-yard field goal in overtime to lift Gibraltar to a 53-50 victory. Both teams scored 22 points in the fourth quarter. A barn burner. Uh, Big performances by Algoma's Grant Vandervest running the football, as well as Will Lisi of Gibraltar uh, running and catching the football. So always like to see some of those competitive games because you you do get, it seems like, a few more blowouts in eight-player with a wide-open game, fewer players. Um you know, you get a lot of points and that can lead to some blowouts. So uh, make sure you check out that eight-player weekly spotlight that we publish on WSN uh, that, you know, really shines a light on eight-player football. What happened the week before? What's on ske- on the schedule for this coming week? We also recognize a star of the week for eight-player football. And uh, so make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out some uh, some eight-player action in your area if you can. Uh, to, uh, to see what it's all about. It's, it's some pretty cool football out there. Speaking of football, last week was the first week of the NFL season. And as we do each year, we put out a list of the players from the state of Wisconsin that played high school football here that uh, made NFL rosters, either uh, an active roster or practice squad. Maybe some of them might be on injured reserve for right now. But 28 players on active rosters or practice squads at the beginning of the 2023 season. Last year, there was 29. Uh, a few came off the list, including, obviously, J.J. Watt, who retired. Also, Derek Watt, who is no longer with Pittsburgh, has not, uh, has not latched on anywhere. Vince Beagle still trying to find a home. Davion Nixon, Jordan Steckler, uh, all guys that were in the NFL last year but are not this year. Newcomers to the list, there were four of them. Keanu Benton from Janesville Craig and the University of Wisconsin, he's with the Steelers, off to a very, very strong start. John Gaines from Marquette went out to UCLA and then uh, is with Arizona, but he's on their injured reserve squad right now. Hunter Lupke, Spencer Columbus Catholic, North Dakota State, he he made the uh, roster for the Dallas Cowboys. And Will McDonald, former Waukesha North product and Iowa State graduate, Uh, I believe he was Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year if I remember correctly um but uh he is with the New York Jets. So all told 28 players including perhaps the best defensive player in the NFL, TJ Watt, among the best certainly. Uh as, long as, as well as some uh, some veteran guys like uh, Ryan Ramczyk, Kevin Zeitler. So you can check out that list at wisports.net under the football and alumni tabs. Well, that's uh that's enough for uh, football for right now. Again, we will talk more next week. We'll do a mid-season report, dive further into surprising teams, both good and bad, and uh, you know talk about some of the standout individual performers at the halfway mark. We will also next week update our um, senior football awards. We will go down to the semifinalist list, which will be anywhere from 15 to 25 players on those semifinalist lists. We had our watch list before the season, semifinalist lists that will come out next week, finalists after the first week of the playoffs, and then the winners of the WSN Senior Football Awards announced the week of the state football finals. Well, let's move on and let's chat a little bit about high school basketball. And the WIAA Board of Control has initiated some conversations about moving from halves, Back to quarters. In a little bit of background on, on uh, halves and quarters. I guess first of all, uh, it was in 2015 that the coaches proposed and the board of control voted to move from quarters to halves. Uh, previously, varsity was four eight-minute quarters for a total of 32 minutes. Now varsity is two 18-minute halves, so a total of Thirty-six minutes. So, not only do we eliminate those two quarter breaks, but excuse me, also pick up four minutes of game action, and the uh, the response has been extremely positive. I think it's been a huge uh, excuse me benefit for for basketball in Wisconsin, eliminating those two opportunities for teams to stall at the end of the first and third quarters. Uh, better flow to the game, longer periods, and more action means hopefully coaches are having to use more players and get more players involved in the game, which I think is a good thing. Uh, so that has been in place for a number of years. Now, it did at that time make the WIAA out of compliance with NFHS regulations, which meant that they did not get to serve on the rules committee or have a vote uh, in rule making for basketball at the NFHS. Uh, which was okay. That's that's what they voted to do. Um, recently, this year, the NFHS came out with a new rule regarding free throws and application of free throws. That uh, that would make free throws trackable by quarter, and then at the end of each quarter, they would reset. So uh, it would also eliminate the bonus and make all free throws after the fifth team foul of a quarter double bonus so instead of getting single bonus at seven per half and then double bonus at 10 total per half now five fouls in the quarter gets double bonus there's no single bonus and again fouls reset at the end of each quarter which um, you know could lead to better uh, flow of a game if you know there's a bunch of fouls early in a half and a team gets into the bonus with you know 10, 12 minutes left. All of a sudden, it's it's a bunch of free throws. And, and you, in quarters, that would reset and, and you know make that uh, uh, a, a different scenario. I know officials like it sometimes. Um, <laughs> maybe it makes their job a little easier. You know, instead of looking up a coach looking up the clock, the scoreboard, and seeing ten fouls on my team and four on the other team you know now they'll look up and and that gets erased at the end of the first and third quarter and now all of a sudden maybe it's you know 5 to 2 or it's uh 3 to 1 or something like that and it just the the optics even though the total fouls called are aren't any different the optics might um you know make things look a little different and again it 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 gets rid of you know some of those teams getting into the bonus really early in uh in a period so That's what that rule does, and the the NFHS implemented it this year uh, to go into effect this year. Because Wisconsin plays halves and not quarters, they do not have a way to implement that rule. So there has been some discussion, and the board had it on their agenda in August for discussion with no action. Um, But this week, at this Friday's Board of Control meeting, they do have it as an action item. They actually have two proposals on the agenda one that would require that would excuse me that that would um, advance a constitutional amendment that would require the WIAA to be in compliance for all sports. Um, and that would be a constitutional amendment that then would be placed on next April's annual meeting agenda for the membership to vote on. So would not go into effect this year. It would not be a final vote on Friday, but it would put that amendment on, the WIAA annual meeting agenda for next April. If passed by the membership, that rule then would go into effect uh, for the 24-25 season. So obviously if that was a constitutional amendment that the WIAA had to be in compliance, then you would not have, court, or you would not have halves. You would go back to quarters. You would play. Uh, you would use rule 4-8-1. Uh, it would be four eight-minute quarters and that would be the end of it. The other option that they are uh, have as an action item on the agenda is not a constitutional amendment, but a change in the season regulations, which the board of control uh, does have ultimate authority over, would not require a membership vote, but it would require that the sport of basketball be in compliance with uh, with W, or excuse me, with NFHS rules, and that they would use the ha- excuse me, use the quarters and rule four eight one. Now again, even if passed by the Board of Control because of the uh, the legislative process with the WIAA, it would still have to come all the way back around, go through the various committee processes before it could be finally implemented. Um, so if that particular proposal passed on Friday, it would then go to the coaches committee after this season, so would not be implemented for this season, but in I think it's April, the Basketball Coaches Committee uh, Advisory Committee of the WIAA meets to review proposals that they would like to advance. At that time, that would be on their agenda. They would be able to provide uh, an advisory vote, but it would not be something that they could not choose to advance. It would go through other committees and then eventually to the Advisory Council, which does right now have the ability to veto any proposals that come before them and not send them to the Board of Control. So it could be defeated at that advisory council level next June at the advisory council. if the advisory council approves it or votes to support, it would then go to the Board of Control agenda for next June for a final yes or no vote. And at that time, if passed, would be implemented for the 24-25 season. So again, no matter what happens on Friday, nothing will change for this year. Um, The WBCA, the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association, did a survey of their membership. And that showed a pretty significant uh, amount of coaches that favored staying with halves and not going back to quarters, not using the new 4-8-1 rule. 317 coaches responded, excuse me, uh, not 317. It was uh, 317 supported staying with halves. That was 68% of the total that responded. There was 469 coaches that responded, I believe. So 68% supported staying with halves. That means 32% favored going back to quarters and being able to utilize rule 4-8-1. 4-8-1. Now in in terms of gender, it was a little different. Uh, interestingly, almost 80% of boys coaches supported staying with halves, while that number was a little closer to half on the girls side. 53%, still a majority, 53% supported keeping halves. And it's not surprising uh, that that's the case because at the college level, men's basketball plays halves, while women's basketball plays quarters, does reset their fouls. So there's a sense among some girls basketball coaches uh, that they would like to be you know the, the same as what happens at the next level. Now my contention is that high school, excuse me that college basketball, men's and women's, they don't play halves, they don't play quarters. They play essentially four minute periods because they have number one a shot clock that initiates action, does not allow for stalling or holding the ball at the end of a period. And they also have media timeouts every four minutes, where it's essentially almost a quarter break, if you will, a period break every four minutes. So, with the shot clock, with the uh, media timeouts, it's a very different game, even if, uh, even for the women, if they played quarters compared to high school basketball that would play quarters. So, uh, again, we see the coaches in support of staying in halves. We'll see what that means for. Uh, how the vote will go on Friday, but uh, it is important to note that that is on the agenda. Those are voting items right now. Now they could vote to table those votes to try to gather additional feedback, see if there's other options that could be considered. Um, the WBCA again, their membership uh, overwhelmingly supports staying in halves. Um, the WBCA leadership says that uh, that they would like to stay with halves, so. We'll see how it plays out, but again, if that is voted, either of those proposals are voted forward. Um, on Friday next week, on the WSN podcast, we'll bring in Norbert, Mark, and Colton to to further discuss this, talk about some of the the feedback that they have heard, some of the um, you know the the possibilities of how it might play out. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, I will be at the WIAA board of control meeting on Friday morning. Uh, Providing live updates there, make sure you follow me on Twitter at TravisWSN to get the latest, Uh, and obviously whatever happens with those votes, I'll be providing some updates on. Week 5 of the high school football season is here. We are getting into the home stretch, basically halfway through the regular season, so we're, uh, we're getting there. Before we get there, though, let's help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at WisconsinDOT.gov. Well, get out to a game. It's I think it's supposed to be nice. We're getting to that point where we're going to start to have some pretty frigid evenings start to come around. Uh, we've already seen this week some some overnight temperatures drop below 50 Maybe, maybe that's uh, preferred for, for some people compared to the 90s that we had uh, about a week ago or so. Um, but uh, if you don't want to have to bundle up too much to watch a high school football game, now is the time to get out before it does start to get too, uh, too cold. So, uh, yeah, it, it's here. Halfway through the season, we're going to start using that P word, talking about playoffs very soon. We'll have our playoff report that will start coming out. Couple weeks we'll start having our playoff projections that'll come out uh, so there's a, a race to the finish here these last few weeks of the season that will do it however for the WSN podcast I am Travis Wilson we'll see you at a game